If you have a message to spread, are you going to let intimidation hold you back? That was the question that started the Breakthrough the Noise podcast five months ago. I'm Marcia Stopa, Senior Instructor for all Smart Blogger programs. After 10 years working with John, I still love this message and vision. And everyone on the Smart Blogger team strives every day to fulfill that vision by helping our students build their writing, blogging, and marketing skills to find new opportunities and new income online. We thought we'd mix it up a bit this week and give you a chance to catch up on some great stuff. So we're giving John a couple weeks off. When we asked him what he wanted you to take away from this episode, he didn't hesitate. What I'd recommend doing is I'm focusing on the five sexiest, most popular, most rewarding. Here are John's favorite five messages from the last five months that are the most inspirational and most helpful to you now. I love this type of business. So enjoy and be on the lookout for a brand new episode in a couple of weeks. I'm John Morrow, and this is Breakthrough the Noise. Podcast about rising above all the noise out there, all the endless ads and content and notification, and get people to pay attention to you. Not just for a moment, not just for one poster video. On this podcast, you'll learn how to create lifelong fans who hang on to every word so you never have to break through the noise again. The most intimidating part about breaking through the noise is just that idea of putting yourself out there. Compete, stand out, break through the noise, and spread your message. The good news is it's not a hopeless situation. There are absolutely things you can do. How valuable is the advice and direct feedback and critique of one of the best people in the industry? I'll tell you, it's priceless. Become an avid consumer of educational information. Whatever the top blogs are, the top YouTube channels are, the top podcasts are, consume it, learn, so that at least you can communicate intelligently with someone who has mastered their craft. This is so essential. Sign up, spend the money. It's usually one to two grand, maybe as much as five, but that's rare. And then really implement everything. Become a star student. The next step, ask them for a quote about you. A quote like, John Moore implemented this and got... 100,000 visitors within 60 days. I couldn't be more impressed. The quote that I got from my mentor, Brian Clark, was, John Morrow is a traffic genius. If he teaches what he learns to the public, the total traffic on the web is about to spike. I've used that quote for years. For years. It, it was one of the foundations of my credibility. Okay, you can get that quote just by being a good student. Now, how to get the quote? Most people make the mistake of asking an expert to give them a quote. 
that is not how this is done. The way this is done is you write it yourself. You send them the idea or maybe ideally two or three different quotes and you ask them for approval and just say, if you need me to make any modifications, just let me know. All right. Nine times out of 10, they'll come back and say, I like this one. Go. And you have a quote from one of the most respected people in your space. Over time, a quote like that can be worth, again, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. People think, well, I'm going to grow rich in my niche. Therefore, I need to start a blog on a really niche topic, or I need to start a podcast on a really niche topic. And as it turns out, that is totally wrong. When it comes to any type of content marketing, or really any channel marketing in general, the way you want to go is actually to go as wide as you possibly can to capture as much of your audience as possible. The fact is, the size of any audience is capped by the demand. So if you have a blog, it can only grow to the number of people who are already interested in it. Now, a lot of people say, well, John, that's my secret. I'm going to find a topic that people don't know they need to be interested in. And I'm going to use my blog to evangelize it. But here's the problem with that. And here's why it doesn't work. When you are evangelizing a topic, no one cares about. There are no existing sites to link to you or to share your content. And what that means is traffic doesn't have anywhere to come from. You say, well, John, people will just find me. They'll share it with their friends and they'll realize how important it is. In practice, that almost never happens. Traffic has to come from somewhere. Either it comes from shares or links or searches. And if none of those things are showing much demand for your content, then that means you do not have any chance at all at being successful. Now, what that also means is the largest sites are the ones about mainstream topics. The big three are health, wealth, and personal growth. If there are thousands of other people talking about the same topic, if you say something interesting, that means there are thousands of people to link to you. In other words, I think it's better to be in a competitive space. You've been told all your life that perfection is a bad thing, to stop obsessing over the details, to let it go, to have shitty first drafts, all of those kinds of things. But is it really true? I, John Morrow, am a perfectionist. And the, the way I'd like to describe it is with a new term, and that's practical perfectionism. So I believe there are multiple kinds of perfectionism. There's good perfectionism and there's bad perfectionism. Bad perfectionism is obsessing over details that don't matter. Good perfectionism, or what I like to call practical perfectionism, is obsessing over details that actually create greater results. And here's what I mean. Like 
Just like money is a resource, so is time. It's something that you have to spend, and when you spend it, you want to get a good return. So what you need to pay attention to as a creator, as someone who is releasing things out into the world with the goal of breaking through the noise and probably getting traffic, getting engagement, all of those things, you need to pay very close attention to your return on time. So in my case, what I often look at when I'm releasing one of these viral posts is the visitors per hour. So if I spend uh, 100 hours on a post, but I get a million visitors, 1 million divided by 100 is 10,000 visitors per hour. 10,000 visitors for every hour I spend on that post. And what that also means is, by the way, let's say I only spend one hour on the post. I need to get at least 10,000 visitors from that. Now, actually, it's easier, it turns out, to get a million visitors by spending 100 hours than it is to spend one hour and get 10,000 visitors. That may seem insane, but in my experience, that's been true. Now, what does that mean for you? How do you take this idea and apply it to your own work, to your own life in general? And here is what I'd recommend. I think you need to start by asking a few questions like, when does getting it right really matter the most? When you are obsessing over the details, what details that you really, really focus on contribute the most to getting it right? So for me, when I'm writing a post, um, brainstorming headlines actually has a huge effect on the popularity of the post. What doesn't have a, f a huge effect, in, in my experience, is like the order of the points. So the, the bottom line on all of these things, though, is to be more conscious about your time and the return that you're getting. I see far too many creatives spending time on things that don't really matter. I also see a lot of creatives releasing things quickly, just spinning things out and not understanding why they can't take off. They just do more and more and more and more. They release more and more and more and more and none of it breaks through the noise and they can't understand why. And the reason why is there are some things to obsess over. When it comes to breaking through the noise, obsessing over your content and the quality of your content is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it, especially if you're trying to go viral or if you're trying to beat the competition in the search engines. You need to obsess. You need to focus on the details. You need a plan to beat the competition or to make that virality happen. And if you don't, you're going to be disappointed with the results. I want to talk with you from my heart about fear, about how to handle yourself during a crisis, about how to not only come through this time, but to grow stronger from this in every way and from any other crisis in your future. There's a big difference between fear and panic. If you're afraid, 
you can still think, you can still make good decisions, you can still function, but people who panic are ruled by fear. They can't think, they make terrible decisions. They lose the ability to function like human beings and often they suffer the consequences, okay? That's the first lesson I wanna share with you today. It's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to panic. Not ever, not even if your life is on the line. And I speak from experience here. And when you're in the middle of a crisis, a lot of times this is the difference between success and failure. When times are hard, you have to be rational. You're still probably going to be afraid. So that's the strategy. It's incredibly easy to sink into this apathetic, depressed state to lose all of your ability to focus, to really have no motivation to do anything other than to just sit there and watch what happens. You can't control what happens with the government or the coronavirus or the economy, but you are in total control of yourself. You can control your emotions. You can control your thoughts. You can make good decisions guided by data and logic. You can come up with a plan. You can fight your way through. You can work night and day to create a better future for not just yourself, but the people you care about. And not by panicking or acting like a thoughtless animal, but by ruthlessly executing your plan to win, and you will. Finding time to create content can be really tough, especially if you're not doing all of this stuff full time. You get into that pattern of constantly promising yourself you'll do it, but constantly breaking that promise, right? And it leads to this kind of prolonged sense of guilt about knowing you should be creating content, but you're just not doing it. And it can be bewildering about how to get out of that cycle. I've seen quite a few different excuses from myself and also from a lot of my students. The first and most often one I hear is, I don't have time. We all say that. We've all thought that plenty of times because in today's day and age, everyone is overly committed. No one has enough time to do everything that they want to do. Now, what I want to reframe that as is actually something that may be a little bit offensive to you at first. And that's, here's what I don't have time really means. Here's the translation for it. What it really means is I've overcommitted myself to so many things that don't matter that I can't focus on the things that do matter. Now you might have some internal resistance to that, but think about it here for a second. When you look at all of the things you're committed to, how many of them are as important as creating the content you know you need to create? I think the best solution to this particular problem is actually to conduct what I call a commitment audit. Take a look at everything you're committed to, to other people, to other organizations, things that you've committed to yourself, and write them all down. Because like it or not, these are agreements that are basically governing your life. And when we get too busy 
when we get to that point where we don't have time to do everything, where we're feeling rushed all the time, and where we can't focus on the important things, it's often because we've made too many commitments to other places, to other people that are driving us to short-term thinking. The only way to move forward is to take some things out. It's the only way. So if ever you find yourself telling anyone or telling yourself, I don't have time, that's what I want you to do. Start removing things from your schedule to create room for the things that are really important. All right, so I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you are ready to get started creating that content. This is the end of the episode. Right now, we're finished. Go get started, do some work, get some things done. It'll pay off for you in the long term. Bye-bye now.